Uh, Well, welcome this morning. Welcome to New Life Church. If you are new, my name is Jeremy Smith, the lead pastor here. I have the great privilege to be uh, on staff with this church and um, privileged to to lead with great other staff members and pastors and leaders. And I'm so thankful uh, for others. Aren't you thankful for other people? I know, not the ones who get on your nerves. I know we have to pray for each other in that realm, but I'm talking about the ones who are there, who just strengthen you, encourage you, to help you, to support you. Amen. And uh, so thankful for other people that God has put in my life. And, uh, you know, I think one of the hardest things sometimes to do is to give God praise in the midst of pain, Um, to offer up that sacrifice of praise when we don't really feel like doing it. And that is, that is hard to do in, in life, but there's something about what God can do in the midst of pain when we recognize He still loves us and wants to be near us and how He can take things and turn them and bring forth good and beauty out of, out of tragedy and out of, out of the ashes of life. And He's so good at that. And I just want to, uh, as a church family, I want to make rec- uh, I want to make a note to you and let you know that one of our members, Randy Pittman, uh, who's James's dad, he passed away early in the uh, early this morning unexpectedly. And James, I uh, talked to him early this morning, and he wanted me to. Uh, he gave me permission to tell the church and wanted you guys to know so you could think of them and pray for them. Um, whenever official uh, arrangements get get made, we'll be sure to to make that known, and um, so that uh, anybody who would like to be a part of this moving forward of the journey with them, you can. But just keep the Pittman family in your prayers uh, over over this week, okay? Um, and want to say hi to those who are watching online, church family, maybe newcomers. Uh, we we t- uh, take it to heart that you would take time to, to join us in worship, whether online or here in person. Well, this is my first Sunday back. Uh, I was able to greet the church last week if you weren't here. And so first Sunday back after an eight-week sabbatical. And uh, people have been asking me how it's, how it's been going. How did it go? How, how, how are things? And uh, mostly, uh, uh, overall, I think uh, the goal was to be refreshed. And certainly, I feel that. I feel charged, not just physically, but inside in my spirit and my soul, just uh, able to to do that and have that opportunity was, was um, I think, more helpful than I imagined, really, and I did not realize the need that I, that I had to, uh, that was there to take, hit the pause button. And in doing so, God was able to hit some reset buttons as well. And, uh, you know, when he hits the reset buttons, it's, it's, it makes all the difference. And, and so there are some of those things and thoughts I'll share with you. There's one thought I want to share with you today, uh, and that, that is on the idea of the topic of a resilient spirit. A resilient spirit. And um, I, I, I want to come to you from the text of Joshua chapter 5. If you've got your Bibles or or smart devices, you can click over to those, and these verses will also be on the screen with us today. But um, I just want one thing, one one particular thought that's extremely important that has come to me out of this over these last eight weeks is is the fact of of having resiliency. that that word, you know, you, you ever see something or read something for the first time, and then then all of a sudden, 
you see it or, or, or hear it more often. Uh, you know, maybe it was a, uh, you know, uh, a vehicle you were really wanting, you got it. And then all of a sudden, 800 people have the same car. You start to see it. Uh, I think they call that uh, frequency uh, illusion or something to that effect. So you see something more and more as you are made more aware of it. But uh, that word resilience and resiliency is kind of how it's been. Everywhere I read or anybody I talk to, there's somebody that will say the word resilience. It's amazing. Uh, I think that God takes advantage of those moments and he's like, I'm trying to get across to you something. I'm trying to speak to you. I want you to hear me. Uh, to, you know, today, if you have ears to hear, let them hear. That's what the New Testament says. That's what Jesus was teaching. If you have ears to hear, let them hear. And so um, that's, that's what I, I hope we hear. And this is something my spirit is, is hearing from the Lord is the idea and the topic of resilience. It's the ability to return to an original form or position after you have been bent, um, compressed, and stretched. And if I were to ask with show of hands, anybody ever been bent, compressed, or stretched in life, pretty much every hand will go up because it happens. Uh, we'll, you name a situation, you name a time in life, you, you name something, and maybe may most recent to something in, in the past, uh, it has effect on you, and it, you go through things, you feel pulled, stretched, bent, compressed, whatever it is, every which way but loose, right? And, and, and it has a, has a way to, 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 to affect you. But resiliency is the ability to go through and return to your intended form and position uh, the way God intends. And, and so, uh, I just want to set, set this up. Let me just read one verse here in Joshua chapter 5. It's verse 9, and I'll kind of set this context up a little bit. It, it says, The Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gilgal to this day. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. Israel, the, uh, the children of Israel, had spent 430 years in Egypt as slaves. And God raised up Moses at one point in time and, and charged him and called him to be a deliverer, a leader of God's people out of Egypt. And he was, would lead them into the promised land, into the land of Canaan. And he said, this is where you're going to go. And from here, life will be different and new life, new ground, new territory, new beginning, all new things with me as your God. And, and so, but they were in Israel for 400, and, or excuse me, in Egypt for 430 years. And Moses comes along, God, he answers the call, and through a story of events you can read about through Exodus, you can read all about that mass exodus out of Egypt, and then they begin that journey, and then uh, in the journey they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. The, the journey itself by mileage was not that long, but they spent 40 years wandering due to different circumstances in their own lives, and their, uh, you know, their, the, the, the heart issues that they had and different things to that nature. And, and so God allowed a generation to die off. And then Moses actually did not get to physically go over at, with them and um, alive. And so um, Joshua 1 opens up 
and it, and it lets us know what's going on, that Moses had passed away, and God was speaking to Joshua, and, it, and we're going to read that verse here in a moment, but just setting this up, that he is now the leader of a new generation, and a lot of people call them the Joshua generation, the Joshua generation. And if you can imagine Joshua coming up under the, under the leadership and the guidance of Moses, he was Moses' right-hand person. He's assistant. He was where Moses went, and he was, you know, privy to a lot of things and saw a lot of things, saw how Moses did this and did that. And, and you can imagine the 40 years watching and wandering and waiting and going through the different battles and going through the different setbacks that they faced and that they dealt with. Moses is now, or excuse me, Joshua is now faced with the, with the death of his mentor, the death of his leader uh, had passed. Moses died. And now Joshua's kind of like, wow, what do I do now? He had been bent. He had been compressed. He had been stretched. And he was like, is this the end? Is this all there is to what God said? Or is, is God going to come through on this stuff? And, and God pulled him aside and spoke to him. And he gave him this charge. You're going to lead the people forward. And so you see throughout Joshua, and we, we I may do a series on Joshua. I'm not sure just yet. I'm trying to discern if that's what I need to do in the next few weeks that we might walk through Joshua. I don't know, but it's possible. But um, there's just this, this thing about Joshua where we see he had this resilient spirit. He was able to not let the circumstances determine his outcome. He had a, a heart and a spirit that, you know, I'm going to believe God and as hard as it is in this time, I'm still going to trust God. And I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. And, and I'm going to do this. We're going to do this. And, and that's where we, where we find this story. And, um, or one angle of this story. And the Lord gave me a prophetic word about the second uh, week into my sabbatical. And at the time, I wrote it down. And I've often, I have reflected on it from time to time and realized that this prophetic word was not just for me, but it was also a word that I should share with you as, a, as our church that I feel that will be beneficial to you. And, um, and so here in a moment, I'm going to release that prophetic word. I wrote it down, so I'll probably read it, but um, I feel that it will be, it's a timely word that, um, that God has spoken and, um, and, and so I'll, I'll share that here in a minute. But before I share that, I'm going to run through a few verses uh, because you're going to hear some of these verses in this prophetic word. And I want you to know where these were scriptures located uh, on, on, based on when God speaks, where you can find. So we're going to travel through a few verses here. I'm not going to elaborate too much on them, but just for a moment, I'll share them. The first is 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, this means that anyone, I love that word. Can you, can you guys say anyone? This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Anybody thankful for a new beginning, a new heart, a new life that Christ Jesus brings. Let's look at this one, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Again, Paul, the apostle, writes, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind 
of Christ. Let's look at Romans 12 too, and I think that um, elaborates a little more on the mind of Christ. Romans 12 verse 2, again, the Apostle Paul um, wrote a lot of the New Testament. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world But let God transform you into a new person. There he is again, new person. By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 2 Corinthians, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Again, the Apostle Paul says, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Some other, New New King James Version might say, and we take thoughts captive. Take thoughts captive captive. Because I'm sure if I ask it by a show of hands, how many have thoughts sometimes, and you wonder, where did that thought come from? <laughs> Just like, you could be bebopping down the day, I mean, having a good old day, and then all of a sudden, a negative thought can, can come across your mind. Where did that come from? Well, it didn't come from the Lord, if it's bad, that's for, that's for certain. The Holy Spirit didn't do it. Our flesh and our carnal mind sometimes, we're susceptible to things in this world and sometimes thoughts hit us. But what can we do? Take thoughts captive. There's a whole other message on that. 2 Peter chapter 1. This is Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. He says, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need For living a godly life. How about that? God by his divine power has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Through Christ Jesus. And then go all the way back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. Another reason why the creation story is so valuable and valid to our faith. Genesis 1 verse 27. It says, God created human beings in, this, in his own image. In, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. And then we're going to go back to Joshua chapter 1. A few verses here in Joshua, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead the people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. Verse 5. 
No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Man, that's so powerful. God telling Joshua. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. This begins the first of three times God says this to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Again, verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instruction that Moses gave you. Verse 9, this is my commandment, or my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so that's the beginning of Joshua's new leadership position and call is to take heart to what God told him. God understanding our predicament and understands Joshua's, hey, I get it. I know you've been through it. You've had 40 years of wandering and those folks have passed. And now Moses, your leader, has passed. You're it. You're it, and you're going to do this thing, but you're not going to do it by yourself. You're going to do it with me. And, a year, and I'm telling you to be strong and to be courageous, not once, but three times. Be strong and courageous. You're the one. You can do this. You're who I've called. You're the one I want to do this, and you're going to make it. And so Joshua found himself with a decision. Am I going to be who God has called me to be? Am I going to live my purpose and my destiny that God created for me the way he wants? Or am I going to take an easy road out? It was a time for Joshua to realize he had a resilient spirit. He was able to come back and return to who God, was, who had, who, uh, to who God has called him to be and to live and to lead his life accordingly. And so I want to just release this, this uh, prophetic word to you guys today. Again, it was a personal one that I, that I received, but I feel, again, it's it, it very beneficial and timely for, for you all, uh, for our church here today. This is what it says, as the Lord gave it to me. You are not your past. You need to move forward. I have made it possible for you to move forward without the reproach of your past. Your past can no longer define who you are. In Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. The heaviness is no longer on you. It's been rolled away. You are not a slave to the thoughts in your mind. You have a new mind, the mind of Christ. The future is yours for the taking. Pursue it with strength, courage, confidence, knowing your past is no longer chasing you. I have put within you everything to be everything I have created and called you to be. It's in you. Let it break forth and become what I have designed. You've got a trail to blaze. Don't look back, but look up. Look out. I'm with you. I 
the Lord your God, am with you. Not super long, but has great strength. I have found that to be a thing for me that God had chose to share with me and give me to be a guiding point and a light for, for me, for my future. And as much as God allows and wants and desires, I believe He wants that for our church, wants that for people. That I think more, than, more oftentimes than not, we are susceptible to allowing our past to dictate our future. And I say that cautiously to not sound cliche, but it's so true. So many people wrestle, struggle, worry over past. That it has so much hold on people. Has so much strength on people. Almost like a shadow casted, casting over their life. The stigma. And no matter what, we can't seem to shake the past sometimes. We, 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 we find ourselves allowing the past to be more real than what God has for us. So many people may have been as most recent as something from yesterday to last week, last year, or years ago, perhaps. But things will pop up in our mind and our memories to remind us, maybe you're not everything God said you were. Maybe you, perhaps you can't do what God wants you to do. You can't, maybe you're not allowed to have a happy life or a marriage or a family, children who love the Lord because of the way you did this or how you handled that or what experiences you've created for yourself. And, and I, do, I believe that more than anything, sometimes we, we allow the past to be louder than the voice of God. And I believe that um, God is, God is char- calling us and, char- and is charging us to be like Joshua here, to have a resilient spirit, to realize, you know, we can return to that original form. We can be who God desires us to be. I can have the life God wants me to have. I can have the kind of family and the kind of marriage and the kind of relationships the Lord wants me to have that honor Him, that please Him, that glorify Him. And it's very possible that we can do that. This story that that we see here at the beginning of Joshua this is, they, they step foot, they cross over the Jordan River. And one of the first things that happens is God establishes, reestablishes in, in his covenant with his people. And he said to them, today I have rolled away the shame of your past. Today I have taken the reproach off of you. No longer will you wear it. No longer will you smell like your past. No longer will you look like your past. But today I've made it possible for you to enter into a whole new future. I think for some and maybe a lot of people in general, we believe there is a way to move forward sometimes, but we don't always believe that God can make it happen. We don't always believe that God can make it happen. But I want to release to you today and tell you today that this word that God gave me and gave us as a church, God is saying, I have made it possible. 
I have created a way for you to move forward. I have created a way for you to return and be who I've called you to be and to live the life I've called you to live. That you will find great strength, you will find great strategy, and you will find your step as you begin to trust the Lord and move forward with Him. You may do it afraid, you may do it uh, nervous, but I believe that's why God told Joshua three times, you're going to feel nervous, you're going to feel afraid at times, but I'm going to remind you, be strong, be courageous, because you're not by yourself. You're not doing this alone, you're doing this with me, and I am doing this with you. And so I, I want to I release that to you and tell you that today because a person who lives a life of resiliency is someone who has found their meaning and purpose. They believe that God has meaning and purpose for them. A, a person who, who lives and is living a resilient life is someone who is connected socially in healthy ways to other people particularly to the church, to the body of Christ. You've discovered and you've found that you can't do life by yourself. You know you need the support and the prayer and the encouragement of others. The New Testament is so full of the one another scripture and commands. Love one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, serve one another. All of those things be hospitable to one another. How do you practice that if you're not together with one another? And so a person of resiliency has a good, healthy connection Socially with other people. And also a person who lives a resilient life is someone who, who is living effectively. Meaning they are living their life not for themselves. But they are living their life to make a difference for the kingdom of God in other people's lives. And how it looks in one person's life will not look necessarily, necessarily look like that in someone else's life. And so we have to be cautious to not compare how God uses us to how God uses someone else. Because we all have our different gifts. We all have our different skills. We all have our unique design the way God has created us. And I want you to know this, that you're, you, 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 somebody may feel different today. You may feel like you don't fit. You may feel like you don't belong. But the Lord wants to remind you, I have crafted you perfectly the way you are. And I have called you because I desire to use you where I have put you. And God has a place for each and every one of our lives. We all fit. We all have a place and we all have a purpose. And so a person of resiliency has all of those factors going in their life. They live for the purpose and the meaning of God for themselves and what God wants. They are connected relationally in healthy ways. And they live to want to make a difference in somebody else's life for good. And that's where Joshua found himself. Can I really make a difference? I'm not going to do it like Moses. I'm not going to lead like him. I'm not going to even try to compare and compete with him. I, we're not in the wilderness anymore. We're in, a, we're in the God's territory where he said we belong and it's all fresh and all new. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. But I'm just going to trust the Lord on how to do it. And he was like, I'm, there's purpose. I've got people I'm connected with. And I'm going to connect. I'm not going to isolate. I think one of the greatest challenges when we go through difficulties in life is to pull away and to stay away. But God says, I put you in a fold. I put you in a, in a community. I, I put you together. 
over the course of these eight weeks, I had um, I had the opportunity. One, one, I had the opportunity to um, I visited my former church in Memphis that I, I was a part of for many years. Who was responsible for so much of my the good part of me, and um, and and I was able to go celebrate with them. They had just moved into a new location. They had been kind of like us for a few years, and they, they finally landed home. And, um, and, I, and so I was able to go and, and be with them and worship with them and celebrate with them. And I was sitting in the service, and the word roots came to mind. And, and, I, and, and, and a week before that, I was in Memphis for, a, for an appointment, and I thought, you know, it's a nice day out. I think I'm just going to drive back through where I grew up and just kind of see how the old neighborhood looked. And as I drove through that old neighborhood, that community, I, I was instantly reminded of, of a lot of fond, good memories that I experienced as a young person. And, and, um, and, just, and it was almost like I was there. It was just that I could vividly see myself where these spaces were, where I grew up playing basketball, playing baseball, uh, riding my bike, uh, skateboarding. Uh, fallen and hurt myself on a playground, you name it, uh, childhood, community friends, you know, all around. And back then, you know, everything looked so much bigger as a 10-year-old, 12-year-old. Then you drive back now as a 46-year-old, and you're like, oh, wait, this street wasn't near as big as I thought it was. Uh, and that hill was nowhere near as steep as I thought it was when I was a kid. But uh, I say all that to say, I think the, the Lord just gave me that moment, gave me a time to just kind of remember that, um, um, and I could go back and tell that 10-year-old, 12-year-old, hey, you're going to be all right. You're going to bounce back from things. You're going to make it. You're going to do the things God has called you to. You're going to live a life that will glorify God, even though at times it might be challenging and hard. A resilient spirit, guys, is something we all must possess if we're going to take and do and live what God has for us. And so I, I share that word with you, and hopefully it lands on, on good soil today. One of the last verses I have is Ephesians 2, verse 10. I'm going to have, if you guys, the worship team, you guys can come back up, if you don't mind. Ephesians 2, verse 10, Paul again writes, We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Christ Jesus. If anybody wants their life to be reset God to be fresh again, to have a new beginning, a new start. The only way to make that happen is to let Jesus come forth and be real in our life. He's so perfect at how he does things. We may not always get it at the moment, but if we will truly let the Lord have complete and total lordship of our life, He's so perfect at how he can hit the reset button in certain areas. 
So you may hear, you may hear me say that, those words a lot, reset. In fact, there's four, four words that, I, uh, that, that God gave me that I think will be kind of like pillars moving forward. Reset, relay, refocus, and refresh. Nothing special about the word themselves. It's about the meaning that can come out of it. And so, I want to just end today by reminding you and letting you know that God can hit the reset buttons in our life. To help us move forward. In very fresh and new, maybe even different ways. I'm finding that to be so true. That we can't always do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. But oftentimes it's about God changing us and transforming us. And so it is possible to move forward. And the way we move forward is letting God have control. Is letting God take over. Is letting God hit the resets where they need to be hit. And so I want to encourage you in that. I want to pray for you here in just a moment. One of, the, one of the ways that we can all benefit from moving forward and God moving in our life is determining to go deeper with Him. Here in a moment, we'll have some announcements about our fall schedule, but I just want to go ahead and put a plug in. We're going to be starting our Wednesday night Bible study back at the end of August for eight weeks. We're doing one called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And it's for, their, it's for anyone who's desiring to, to take steps in their faith walk. To break free from bondage and past. And experience the healing that can come from the Lord. It's going to be pretty good. It's going to be deep too. But I just want to put that out there before you. It starts the end of August. August 31st. And Lindsay here in a moment will talk more about the different things happening. But if you can, if you guys could just stand, we're going to prepare to close out our service. But I'd like to pray for you today. I've asked the team to just lead us back through a portion of that song, Rain Above It All. now has ended in the kingdom of light in the kingdom of light forever under your dominion you're the king of my life you're the king of my life You reign above it all, you reign above it all, over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name, Jesus, you finished God you poured out your life 
you today if you believe and want to be able to move forward you feel stuck maybe you feel captive maybe you feel like I don't really understand how I can advance and what the Lord is asking of me it just begins with a willingness to yield and willingness to just let God in and let God really truly take over and it's amazing that when we do that he will guide and order our steps and put the right people in our life and us to hear the right things we need to hear and read exactly what we need to read from His Word to be able to put traction and to have traction to our feet to move forward. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to let Him have His way. So if you're here, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything this morning, but if you would, just lift your hands and I want to just pray for, for, for you where you're at. If you feel any of those things that I've talked about, maybe maybe just in general, you just need God to see you where you're at. You need to be, need to be reminded that you're not alone. And he's for you and He's not against you. Amen. Let's pray, church. Lord, I thank you so much for these folks who raised their hands, lifted their hands to say, Lord, here I am. God, I pray today that you would truly release freedom and a fresh beginning and a restart and a reset in their life. Lord, help them to back away from it and let you come close. As you examine and look at their life, you know exactly what needs to happen. So today I pray by your Holy Spirit, you'd come move upon them, move within them their hearts, their lives, to bring forth the change, the transformation, the desire, the strength, the courage to be real, to be honest with themselves and with you, God, and to let you truly just come and take over. And you would build them and you would create them and you would mold them and make them. You would put them together, sync them together with one another in the church, with the body of Christ. You would 
cause our relationships across the board, Lord, to be whole, to be holy, to be righteous, to be strong, to be supportive, to be prayerful, to be mindful of each other. Lord, guide and order each one of their steps. May they find themselves having the thoughts of the Lord about life, about situations, about circumstances. Begin to see the reality of your presence in their life. Lord, where anyone feels like they are just so at the bottom where they don't feel like, I don't see light. I don't see how I can be free today. Break forth into their life, Holy Spirit. Shine and be great and be strong and show yourself to them. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. I just heard the Holy Spirit saying, you don't have to climb up to the mountaintop. You don't have to steal away to the valley. I'm coming to where you are today, this week, in your ordinary and mundane, or in your really hard, difficult, gut-riching. You will feel my presence like you've never felt it before. If you surrender to me, I am coming to where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We reign above it all. Let's sing this chorus one more time. And as we sing it, let that be a seal to our prayer, to our heart's desire, our cry to the Lord. As the Holy Spirit comes. In Jesus' name. You reign above it all, reign above it all, over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name, Jesus you Jesus, you reign. 